We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And away we go. Episode 273 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Thursday, March 17th. 2022, it is St. Patrick's Day, 2022. A happy St. Patty's Day to you and yours. It's very fitting that the first day of the first round of the NCAA tournament, one of the great sports days of the year, falls on St. Patrick's Day. It is also very fitting that the introductory press conference for quarterback Carson Wentz with the Commanders Falls on St. Patrick's Day. Is Carson Wentz Irish? He does have red hair. Uh, I know this. Carson Wentz and the Commanders are going to need the luck of the Irish in order for this trade to work out. But I do hope that the trade works out. I have my doubts, okay? I have significant doubts. But that doesn't mean that I, as a Commanders fan, am not rooting like crazy for this trade to work out. Well, the trade now is official as the NFL's new league year officially began on Wednesday. Hey, happy new year. Happy new NFL year in addition to happy St. Patrick's Day. If you are a Commanders fan, you may have actually started your uh, St. Patrick's Day drinking on Wednesday because Wednesday was cray-cray. Wednesday was one of the wildest single days in recent memory for the team now known as as the Commanders. And that's saying something, because we've had quite a few wild days in recent Commanders history. Uh, But so much was happening with the Commanders on Wednesday. We had the Carson Wentz trade becoming official. We had a stunning reversal in the J.D. McKissick situation, as he shockingly now is being re-signed by the Commanders. We had the Commanders officially releasing four players, including two surprising releases in those of Eric Flowers and Matt Ioannidis. And we had a bunch of other stuff. Uh, I will discuss all of it over the course of this show. Uh, Wednesday is a big reason why I do this podcast every weekday, not just once or twice or three times a week. You never know what's going to happen, and you never know when what is going to happen is going to happen. Uh, Wednesday, by the way, also is a big reason why I take the show very early each morning. Gotta wait until the news calms down. So as I sit here recording this at 3.43 a.m. on Thursday, the news finally has calmed down, at least for now. Uh, also on the show, I will talk Wizards. Uh, another 
hideous defensive performance for the Wizards in another loss, a 127-109 loss to the Denver Nuggets at Capital One Arena on Wednesday night. Don't forget to subscribe to the Al Galdi podcast. If you don't already do that, please give the podcast a five-star rating and write a brief one or two-sentence review saying how much that you like the podcast, uh, wherever you can do those things. Apple Podcasts is the main place at which you can do those things, but you also can give the podcast a five-star rating on Spotify. And thank you very much for doing these things. They are much appreciated. Uh, you can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Rob on the commanders of trading for Carson Wentz. Right, Rob, I think it is perfect that a team known as the Commies traded for a player with so many red flags. Just a thought. Uh, also, this Wentz thing reminds me of the ill-fated Jeff George signing. A million-dollar arm, 10-cent head. A player may win you a few games with his talent, but who also will lose the locker room and get a coach fired due to the player's personality. Love the pod. I get up at 5 each morning, and your show is the soundtrack for my morning routine. Well, thank you for that, Rob. And good morning to you, Rob. So the most famous quote from Jeff George during his time as a Redskins quarterback was him saying that leadership stuff is overrated. A very famous quote from 20 plus years ago. Now, there is context to that quote that rarely gets mentioned. And that context is that George was more talking about like rah-rah in your face leadership stuff. I remember the circumstance of this quote and the quote to an extent got taken out of context. But the quote ended up being used against Jeff George many times because Jeff George was not seen as a leader. And interestingly, a Washington head coach in a coach-centric approach, Marty Schottenheimer, famously released Jeff George just two games into the 2001 regular season. Uh, Jeff George lasted for one season and two games with the Redskins. Now, I do not see Ron Rivera, the latest Washington head coach in a coach-centric approach, releasing Carson Wentz two games into this coming regular season. But there are perhaps some parallels between George and Wentz. Uh, but I would say this. I mean, the word on Wentz is he's not a bad guy. Like, he's not some awful person. He just can be someone who doesn't connect with all of his teammates. But to me, if Wentz plays well, then this other stuff won't really matter. You know, if you remember Robert Griffin III, nobody talked about any of his leadership problems until after he started struggling. You did not hear word one about RG3's leadership problems during his 2012 rookie season. By the way, the commanders tweeted a video of Carson Wentz arriving at team headquarters on Wednesday. And the interaction between Wentz as he was received by Ron Rivera was rather interesting because Ron, at the end of the interaction that we see on the video, says to Carson Wentz, just know you're coming somewhere you're wanted. Take a listen. Cool, man. How are you doing? Oh, it's good to see you. How are you doing? All right. How's family? They're good. Yeah? yeah? How's the wife doing? It's good. Yeah? yeah? You guys had a chance to talk about all this? Oh, yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Well, come on in. Oh, I know. Believe me. I, I, hey, but just know you're coming somewhere you want. Yeah, how about that? Just know you're coming somewhere you're wanted. Uh, a pretty clear message right there being conveyed by Ron Rivera, being conveyed by Don Ron to his new QB1, 
Carson Wentz uh, and trying to say, hey, you were not wanted by the Indianapolis Colts. You are wanted by us here at the Commanders. Much more on Carson Wentz next segment. Email from Romaine on my Brandon Sheriff take that I put forth on Tuesday's show, episode 271 of him agreeing on a big money contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I never wanted the commander's paying sheriff uh, top of the market money, mainly because he's injury prone, but also because he is, as Jay Gruden once said, a guard. The other one's a guard. Yes, Jay, a guard. And the truth about guards is that they can be found on the cheap. Well, writes Romaine, Goldie, my man, been a fan forever, haven't missed a single episode of the podcast yet. I even hired Weedman due to your commercial. My lawn is much better now. Thank you. Well, thank you, Romaine, continues Romaine. Anyhow, I normally agree with most of what you say, like 97 to 99% of what you say, but lately your guard take has been bothering me. I don't like how you value guard. I believe it's a valuable position, almost as valuable as any position on the line. I would ask you this. What is the difference between a defensive tackle like Indomitian Sue, who went number two overall in his NFL draft, and a guard like Quentin Nelson, who went number six overall in his NFL draft? Those guys do the same thing. It's just that one plays defense and one plays offense. Yet I believe that you value the defensive tackle more and you don't get it. You also say that you can find guards on the cheap, but I tend to disagree. You have to pay good money for good guards like every other position. And if you're lucky, you can find any position on the cheap. I think you have to reevaluate that position, man. Now your running back take, I understand. Well, thank you for the email, Romaine. Good topic. So let me make my stance clear. I'm not saying that the position of guard doesn't matter. Every position in football matters. What I'm saying is that quality guard play can be found on the cheap and at a higher rate than quality play at most other positions can be found on the cheap. Guard is the easiest position to play on the offensive line. Guard matters, but guard is the easiest position to play on the offensive line, see now former commander's left guard, Eric Flowers. Uh, He was a total bust as an offensive tackle with the New York Giants, but he has reinvented himself as a guard. Why? Guard is easier to play than offensive tackle. Ask yourself this, why do some offensive tackles become guards late in their careers? Why did Joe Jacoby, maybe the greatest offensive tackle in Redskins history, move to guard late in his career because guard is easier to play than offensive tackle. And look up some of the top guards in the NFL in recent years and how those guys entered the NFL. Uh, You can find high-level guards late in NFL drafts and on the cheap in free agency, okay? I mean, some of the better guards in the NFL in recent years have been guys like Joe Tooney, who was taken in the third round of the 2016 draft. Brandon Brooks, who was taken in the third round of the 2012 draft. Shaq Mason, who was taken in the fourth round of the 2015 draft. Andrew Norwell, who came into the NFL in 2014 as an undrafted free agent. And when it comes to signing guards on the cheap, look no further than our Washington Commanders, okay? Washington has gotten solid guard play, if not good guard play, over the last two years from Wes Schweitzer. And he was signed on the cheap 
two off-seasons ago. Now, are there guards like Quentin Nelson who got drafted highly and are studs? Sure. Are there guards who sign good money contracts and are good? Sure. But guard is a position that you can do on the cheap. It's not unlike running back in that regard. And, you know, this isn't just like my opinion or just an analytics opinion. Uh, I know for a fact that Mike Shanahan felt that way. And, you know, not that Mike's opinion is gospel, but I think that we would agree that Mike knows offensive football. Look, there's a reason that Jay Gruden said what he said a few years ago. You know, that drop that I always play when I mentioned the positional value of guard. There's a reason Jay spoke of guard the way that Jay spoke of guard. The other one's a guard. Yes, Jay, guard. Jay understands that you can find guards on the cheap and you shouldn't be spending a top five draft pick on a guard, as Washington did with Brandon Sheriff. That's what Jay Gruden was referring to when he said that a few years ago. Again, it's not that guard play doesn't matter. Every position in football matters. It's that in a salary-capped league, as the NFL is, you can't pay everyone. You have to pick and choose on whom you spend and on what positions you spend. And guard, to me, is a position on which you shouldn't have to spend a ton. Well, if you use ImageWorks, you won't spend a ton, but you will get people to spend on you. Uh, Do you own, run, or work at a business that you want to grow? Does your brand need to improve its overall customer experience? Do you want to impress clients with the story that your business tells digitally? If the answers to any of these questions are yes, then put ImageWorks to work for you. ImageWorks is a full-service boutique web design, branding, and marketing company. ImageWorks is located in the DMV, but ImageWorks serves the entire country by utilizing a virtual approach with the latest video meeting software to engage, communicate, and share award-winning designs. And ImageWorks right now has a special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. You've been hearing me tell you about ImageWorks. Give it a shot. You have nothing to lose because ImageWorks right now is offering a free review of your website and SEO visibility to establish a base of where you are and map a chart for where you want to be. ImageWorks and you will plan with digital web and marketing goals that you can see live via ImageWorks customers portal. The portal shows you how all goals are performing in Google Analytics and how all marketing programs and website visitors are behaving. You see, ImageWorks is more than a branding and marketing firm. ImageWorks is your collaborative partner, your one-stop shop for business growth. So here's what you do. Go to ImageWorksCreative.com. Click on contact near the upper right corner and make sure that you mention the Al Galdi podcast for the free offer. That's image, one word, works, plural, creative.com. Imageworkscreative.com. Click on contact near the upper right corner. Make sure that you mention the Al Galdi podcast and take advantage of the free offer. You have nothing to lose. Imageworkscreative.com, upper right corner, mention the Al Galdi podcast. You also can call or text the owner of ImageWorks, Scott, and mention the Al Galdi podcast and get the free offer that way. Uh, you can hit up Scott at 703-928-7309. That's 703-928-7309. Scott's a big fan of all Washington, D.C. area teams. He is a regular listener of this podcast, and he loves brainstorming ideas and technology that can help you grow your business. Scott has been doing what he is doing since 1996. ImageWorks, creative minds focused on one goal, your business success.
There is no better way to grow your business or practice than by advertising on the Al Galdi podcast. Put the power of the pod to work for you. Podcast advertising works. Podcast advertising is very affordable. Podcast advertising very much gives you a bang for your buck. Just hit us up, see what we can do for you. The email address is the Al Galdi podcast at Yahoo.com. So Wednesday was the day on which we transitioned from the NFL's legal tempering period to the NFL's new league year, which started at 4 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. The start of the new league year is when free agent signings of players with expiring contracts can become official. The start of the new league year is when trades can become official. The start of the new league year is when teams must be in adherence to the salary cap. And so there was a lot happening in the NFL on Wednesday, including with our commanders. Here is a list of the major commanders-related items from Wednesday. You ready for this? The commanders on Wednesday officially announced the trade for Indianapolis Colts quarterback Carson Wentz and announced that there will be an introductory press conference for Wentz on Thursday morning at 10.30. We on Wednesday had multiple reports of a stunning turnaround. Running back J.D. McKissick, who on Tuesday had agreed on an unrestricted free agent contract with the Buffalo Bills, changed his mind and agreed to re-sign with the Commanders. The Commanders on Wednesday officially released four players, two of whom were major surprises. Left guard Eric Flowers and interior defensive lineman Matt Ioannidis, uh, they were the surprises. Also officially released were safety slash linebacker slash Buffalo Nickel slash don't call him a linebacker, Landon Collins, and safety to Shazer Everett. Uh, we on Wednesday had multiple reports that the commanders were closing in on re-signing unrestricted free agent receiver Cam Sims. We on Wednesday learned that the commanders had issued a restricted free agent tender to kicker Joey Sly, setting him up to compete with Brian Johnson, to whom the commanders tendered a contract as an exclusive rights free agent. The commanders on Wednesday also announced having tendered two other exclusive rights free agents in center Keith Ismail and one of Rod Rivera's favorites and one of our favorites, edge defender Bunmi Rotimi. I said Bunmi Rotimi. Rotimi Bumi. Yes, Ron. Something like that. Okay. The name is something like that. Uh, Also, we on Wednesday had multiple reports that quarterback Kyle Allen, who had been set to be a restricted free agent, but was non-tendered by the commanders, had agreed on an unrestricted free agent contract with the Houston Texans. So Kyle Allen is gone. And then we on Wednesday night had multiple reports that Commander's unrestricted free agent tight end Ricky Seals-Jones had agreed on a contract with the New York Giants. So RSJ is gone. Do you have all of that? Have you committed all of that to memory? Uh, Wednesday was a wild day in Commander's land, in Commander's nation. Uh, Regarding the Carson Wentz trade becoming official. Uh, We on Wednesday did hear from Wentz, albeit briefly. Uh, The commanders tweeted a brief video of Wentz saying the following. What's up, commanders fans? Carson Wentz here, just landed in D.C. I'm excited to get to work, excited to uh, come in and compete. And, uh, you know, as we all know, excited to really go ahead and uh, start to take command. 
All right, so there you go. Carson Wentz off him just landing in the D.C. area. He is ready to, wait for it, take command. Uh, I am very interested to see how Carson Wentz takes command at his introductory press conference on Thursday morning. It's ironic, isn't it, that a guy with whom there are leadership questions has been traded to a team with the hashtag take command. And now, in his first official comments as an official member of the Commanders, has said, take command. As we all know, excited to really go ahead and uh, start to take command. Yes, Carson, take command. Uh, Look, a press conference is just that. A press conference, okay? A press conference is all about words. What ultimately will make or break Carson Wentz as a commander's quarterback will be his actions, you know, how he plays, how he works, how he takes to coaching, how he interacts with his teammates. Uh, That said, I do think that this Carson Wentz introductory press conference on Thursday morning is a big deal. This will be his first significant impression on Commanders fans, many if not most of whom do not like the trade or at least have major questions about the trade. It's funny, there have been many major moves by the Redskins slash Washington football team slash Commanders over the years, and actually most of the moves have been initially well-received. Like, I think about the free agent signing of Albert Hainsworth in the 2009 offseason. That, of course, turned out to be maybe the worst free agent signing in NFL history, as we all know. But when the signing happened, many, if not most, Skins fans were in favor of the signing. Heck, I was in favor of the signing. Hainsworth had been a really good interior defensive lineman for the Tennessee Titans. I never thought that, you know, Dan Snyder and Vinny Serrato hadn't done proper due diligence on Hainsworth. Silly me. Well, things are different now. Uh, There is in no way a benefit of the doubt that is being gifted uh, to the Commanders from Commanders fans and observers. We as Commanders fans and observers are smarter and more skeptical. And so this Carson Wentz trade has not been very well received. And it's not that Carson Wentz at his introductory press conference on Thursday morning can like instantly change the minds of those who do not like the trade, but Wentz can at least plant some seeds of good feeling with this intro press conference, especially if he gets asked about these questions about his leadership and his willingness to be coached and why he's now on his third team in three seasons. Uh, I'm not sure if Ron Rivera will be speaking at the presser, but if he is going to be speaking at the presser, then he too very much can help to start to make those who dislike the Carson Wentz trade feel better about it the Carson Wentz trade. Uh, You know, so many fans of our team, of the team now known as the Commanders, are beaten down, right, from all of the years of losing and all of the scandals and all of the public relations blunders. And so there is a negativity with this team like never before. At the same time, I do believe that there are a lot of Commanders fans who want to like the trade. Uh, I have gotten that sense recently in some of the tweets and emails that I've received. And I know for me, deep down inside, I would like to like the trade. You know, I want to have reason to think that the trade isn't as bad as it seems to be on the surface. And so Carson Wentz at his intro presser on Thursday morning has the opportunity to give us Commanders fans reason to feel better about the trade. I mean, me personally, I never wanted the commanders trading for Carson Wentz. I can't get past the many red flags with Carson Wentz. However, 
I don't think that it's like an impossibility that the trade works out for the commanders. And I do admit that Carson Wentz is an upgrade over Taylor Heineke if you're talking about how each guy played last season. And it's not like there's nothing to like about Carson Wentz. It's not like he is a player, is some, you know, despicable player with no redeeming qualities. No, there are some good things about Carson Wentz. And I'll tell you what, and I've been thinking about this in particular, you know, this is it for Carson Wentz. The commanders more likely than not are his last chance at truly being an NFL team's QB1 going into a season. Heck, the commander's tweet on Wednesday that announced the trade literally included QB1. And so think about it. If you're Carson Wentz and you're now on your third team in three seasons and there are all of these questions out there about your leadership and your willingness to be coached and the Colts getting up on you as their QB1 after just one season, don't you need to be the very best version of yourself with the commanders? Like, don't you need to be focused and motivated and prepared and willing to be coached? so that you can seize this last true opportunity at being a QB1. There's been so much talk this offseason about the commanders being desperate at quarterback. There should be a desperation here with Carson Wentz, a desperation to do well. And he should be willing to do whatever it takes, okay, within the boundaries of the law to do well, including doing things that he maybe wasn't so willing to do with the Colts and the Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm very anxious to see and hear Carson Wentz on Thursday morning. And we, of course, will be talking all about the Carson Wentz introductory press conference on Friday's installment of the Al Galdi podcast. In the meantime, J.D. McKissick, it turns out that he's coming back to the commanders. What happened? I'll get to that after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, as House of Pain said 30 years ago in the classic song, Jump Around, just like 
the prodigal son, I've returned. Uh, not me, but J.D. McKissick. Just like the prodigal son, J.D. McKissick has returned. Uh, we on Wednesday had a commander's miracle, people. The Redskins gods in the heavens, you know, Sammy Ball, Bobby Mitchell, Charlie Taylor, Sam Huff, Jerry Smith, Sean Taylor. They all smiled down upon us and granted us a commander's miracle. It's not often in life that you get a do-over, but the commanders with J.D. McKissick got a do-over. And just like the prodigal son, McKissick has returned. So let's just take this from the beginning in terms of this free agent saga with running back J.D. McKissick. So commander's general manager Martin Mayhew on March 2nd at a press conference at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, made it pretty clear that the commanders were slow-playing negotiations with McKissick, who was set to be an unrestricted free agent this offseason. The approach from the team seemed to be to have McKissick see what he could get elsewhere and then come back to the commanders, who, in hindsight, were preparing for the possibility of trading for quarterback Carson Wentz and thus needed to be careful with their salary cap space. Well, somewhere along the way, the commanders in McKissick lost touch. McKissick on Tuesday, what was the second day of the NFL's legal tampering period, reportedly agreed on an unrestricted free agent contract with the Buffalo Bills. And the contract was a very low-cost contract. Two-year, $7 million deal. This was not good news for many of us as Commanders fans. Uh, I was not thrilled about this. McKissick, of course, very good for Washington over the last two seasons, off the team having signed him on the cheap as an unrestricted free agent in March 2020. Now, McKissick did miss Washington's final six games of the 2021 regular season due to a concussion and a neck injury, but the commanders had made it pretty clear that they wanted to resign McKissick. Uh, yes, the team had salary cap concerns given the trade for Carson Wentz, but again, all McKissick was getting from the Bills was a two-year, $7 million contract. So I wasn't happy about the commanders losing McKissick. I did say, though, well, maybe the commanders know things about McKissick's health that you and I do not know. Well, then we got this. Commander's insider Nikki Javala of the Washington Post on Tuesday afternoon tweeted that she was told that the commanders did not even make a contract offer to McKissick to try to re-sign him. So that made you think, well, the commanders must not have really wanted to re-sign McKissick. Maybe the commanders do have real concerns about McKissick's health. But then we got this. Commanders insider Ben Standig of The Athletic on Tuesday afternoon reported that the commanders believed that their opportunity to match an offer to McKissick would come, but that such an opportunity did not come, per quote, a source close to the situation, end quote. And as I said on Wednesday's show, episode 272, uh, I believe that source close to the situation has a name that rhymes with Schman Schmavera, okay? So pretty clearly from the perspective of J.D. McKissick's camp, the commanders never made him an offer. And from the perspective of the commanders and Schman Schmavera, McKissick's camp was supposed to come back to the commanders with any offer that McKissick's camp received. But McKissick's camp did not do that. So what really was going on here? Did the commanders just never truly want to re-sign McKissick? 
Did McKissick never truly want to resign with the commanders? Or was there, in fact, a simple miscommunication? Was there, in fact, uh, as was said in the movie Cool Hand Luke many years ago, a failure to communicate? What we've got here is failure to communicate. Yes, I love that line. What we've got here is a failure to communicate. Uh, one of the all-time classic movie lines. Now, I must admit, I have never seen the movie Cool Hand Luke. Uh, that movie was well before my time, but I am aware of that line. All-time great line. What we've got here is failure to communicate. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Yeah. And failure to communicate, apparently, is what happened between the commanders and J.D. McKissick. And so out of nowhere on Wednesday, just a few hours before the start of the NFL's new league year at 4 p.m. Eastern, just a few hours until J.D. McKissick could put pen to paper with the Bills, we had multiple reports that McKissick had changed his mind and was re-signing with the commanders. Again, this was like a gift from the football gods. This almost never happens. ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter on Wednesday tweeted, quote, background on the change of heart. Washington initially didn't offer J.D. McKissick a deal until he agreed to one in Buffalo per his agents Doug Hendrickson and C.J. LeBoy, once McKissick heard Washington was willing to match the offer, he didn't want to leave. End quote. So how about that? This truly, apparently, was due to a failure to communicate. How does that happen in 2022? I mean, how does that happen with an NFL team in the commander's that is worth billions of dollars. How does this happen with an NFL team in the Commanders that has all of these current and former general managers in the front office, right? Martin Mayhew, Marty Herney, Chris Polian, to say nothing of Ron Rivera presiding above all of them via the coach-centric approach. How does this happen? I don't know, but it happened. And now, thankfully, it has been corrected And I will say this, props to both the commanders and J.D. McKissick for putting ego aside and making amends and getting a deal done. A deal, by the way, that reportedly is the exact deal that McKissick was getting from the Bills, a two-year, $7 million deal. You know, no proponent am I of paying running backs big money, but that is not big money. That is more than palatable money, given what McKissick has been over the last two seasons. McKissick, objectively speaking, over the last two seasons has been one of the best pass-catching backs in the NFL. He has been efficient as a ball carrier. He has been trusted in pass protection on third downs. And he isn't even 30. The 2022 season will be just J.D. McKissick's age 29 season. Oh, by the way, there's this too. 
The next time you hear about, oh, nobody wants to come to the Commanders, oh, nobody wants to stay with the Commanders, well, J.D. McKissick just chose to re-sign with the Commanders over bolting for the Bills, and I think we all would agree that things with the Bills right now are a whole lot better than things are with the Commanders. So once again, this thing of nobody wants to come here, nobody wants to stay here, it's a false narrative. I'm not here to tell you that the Commanders are an NFL paradise, but J.D. McKissick had the exact same numbers on the table, and he chose the commanders over the Bills. Remember that the next time you see or hear that nobody wants to come to the commanders, nobody wants to stay with the commanders. Again, the team is not an NFL paradise, okay? And I get it. Not everyone does want to come to the commanders, but it's not like nobody wants to come to the commanders or stay with the commanders. But here's what seems to be the lesson in all of this for the commanders. If you're going to slow play negotiations, and you're going to tell the player to see what he can get from another team, but you still want to re-sign the player, then the onus is on you as the team to stay in contact with the player and make sure that he doesn't just strike a deal with another team. If you want to re-sign the guy, make sure that you stay in contact with the guy. Don't be done in by failure to communicate. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Exactly. Thank you. But perhaps lost in all of the confusion with this J.D. McKissick saga is this. The commanders are re-signing McKissick. The commanders are re-signing a valuable offensive player. And that's a good thing. So the Commanders are re-signing running back J.D. McKissick, but the Commanders on Wednesday officially parted ways with four players, at least two of whom are surprises. Uh, The Commanders on Wednesday officially released left guard Eric Flowers, interior defensive lineman Matt Ioannidis, safety slash linebacker slash Buffalo Nickel slash don't call him a linebacker, Landon Collins, and safety DeShazer Everett. So let's go through each guy here. Eric Flowers had been talked about as being more likely to be extended than released. Uh, It was thought that something was going to have to be done about Flowers due to his looming salary cap number, but the presumed something was him being extended. And instead, he has been released. Now, before we go any further, I want to make two things clear. Number one, The commanders didn't have to release all of these guys. The commander's salary cap situation now is tighter thanks to the Carson Wentz trade, but the situation isn't so tight to where the team had to release all of these guys. So that all of these guys have been released does suggest that some other moves may well be coming. Number two, specific to Eric Flowers being released, you know, at this point, I do think that anything that the Ron Rivera run commanders do with their offensive line gets a benefit of the doubt. Uh, The commanders in John Matsko have one of the best offensive line coaches in the NFL, and Washington's offensive line has been a significant strength in each of Ron Rivera's two seasons as the team's head coach, including this past season, during which the team dealt with a lot in the way of injury and absence with the offensive line. People last offseason wondered about how wise it was that Washington released Morgan Moses. Yeah, how did that work out? Just fine. Washington, for the 2021 regular season, ended up having one of the best offensive lines 
in the NFL. So I do think that the Ron Rivera run team, now known as the Commanders, has earned a benefit of the doubt when it comes to things happening with the offensive line. And again, Washington's offensive line, quite good each of the last two seasons, including this past season. But one of the bigger reasons for that was Eric Flowers. Uh, Washington last April 28th announced having made a trade with the Miami Dolphins for Flowers for a second stint for him with Washington. Washington sent the Dolphins the first of Washington's two seventh round picks in the 2021 NFL draft and got back Flowers and the penultimate pick in the 2021 draft. Additionally, the Dolphins picked up a decent chunk of the money owed to Flowers for the 2021 season. He was set to get paid $9 million in 2021, but the Dolphins and Flowers agreed to a contract restructure by which he got a $6 million signing bonus from the Dolphins. So Washington was only on the hook for $3 million for Flowers in 2021. As you may recall, Flowers bolted Washington for the Dolphins a few off-seasons ago. Flowers, on the first day of the NFL's legal tampering period in March 2020, agreed to leave Washington for the Dolphins for a three-year, $30 million unrestricted free agent contract with $19.95 million fully guaranteed. And Flowers ended up being really good for Washington this past season. Flowers in the 2021 regular season played in and started 16 of the team's 17 games. He for the 2021 regular season. It was number six among all qualified guards in the NFL in ESPN's pass block win rate at 95%. Flowers overall grade for pro football focus for the 2021 regular season was 72. Uh, As for Flowers' first season with Washington, the 2019 season, well, Flowers was one of the best feel-good stories for Washington in that hideous 2019 season, that dreadful 3-13 2019 season. Washington initially signed Flowers in March 2019 as an unrestricted free agent to a one-year contract, and Flowers went from having been a bust as a left tackle, uh, including, by the way, struggling mightily at left tackle during Washington's 2019 offseason practices during which the team needed to play Flowers at tackle due to so many offensive tackles being out to becoming a staple at left guard. Uh, Flowers in the 2019 regular season started all 16 of Washington's games. He played on a team high 99.57% of the team's offensive snaps. Yeah, no Washington player played more on offense for the team in the 2019 regular season than Eric Flowers did. And he, per pro football focus, allowed just two sacks the entire season. And he did all of this off having been a major bust as a left tackle for the New York Giants, who took Flowers with the number nine pick in the 2015 NFL Draft out of Miami. So in two of the last three seasons, under two different regimes, Eric Flowers was a really good left guard for Washington. Uh, He still is young. The 2022 season will be just Flowers' age 28 season, and he has been durable. Uh, Eric Flowers, over his seven NFL seasons, 2015 through 2021, has played in 105 of a possible 113 regular season games, and three of the missed games had to do with him going from the Giants to the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2018. Uh, Then there is Matt Ioannidis, uh, the Golden Greek, now gone. Say it ain't so. Uh, What makes Ioannidis being released particularly surprising is that the commanders just lost another key backup interior defensive lineman in Tim Settle, right? Who agreed on an unrestricted free agent contract 
with the Buffalo Bills this week. So the commanders have gone from having like an embarrassment of riches in terms of interior defensive linemen in Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Matt Ioannidis, and Tim Settle to now only having Allen and Payne and Payne is entering a contract season. Uh, the 2022 season will be Ioannidis's age 28 season. It was to be the final season of a three-year contract extension that he signed in April 2019. And there is bad blood between Camp Ioannidis and the Commanders. Uh, Ioannidis' agent, Alan Herman, on Wednesday sounded off to the Associated Press about having been lied to by Commander's Senior Vice President of Football Administration, Rob Rogers, at the 2022 NFL Scouting Combine, right? We just had the Combine a few weeks ago in Indianapolis. Said Herman to the AP, quote, we don't particularly care to be lied to our face. They took him out of the free agent market now for two days. That puts us now at a disadvantage because other teams have paid other defensive linemen contracts and Ioannidis hasn't been able to take advantage of that. That's not the way you conduct business in the National Football League. End quote. Uh, I hear Alan Herman on that. I get what Alan Herman is saying. What I think happened here is that things changed. Uh, I do think that the commanders weren't planning on releasing Matt Ioannidis. So that's why Rob Rogers said what he said to Herman at the Combine, but then the commanders agreed on the trade for Carson Wentz, and everything changed. And my guess would be that the commanders were trying to figure out a way to keep Ioannidis, but ultimately decided on releasing Ioannidis. And so unfortunately for him, he gets released a couple of days into the free agency process. You know, Matt Ioannidis was a really nice draft pick and a productive player for Washington. Washington took Ioannidis in the fifth round of the 2016 NFL Draft out of Temple. As is widely known by now, Matt Ioannidis was very much a Jay Gruden draft choice. And Ioannidis, while he didn't do much in his 2016 rookie season, blossomed into a quality interior defensive lineman from the 2017 through 2019 seasons. And you could argue through uh, this past season, too. Ioannidis in 44 games over the 2017 through 2019 regular seasons, totaled 20 and a half sacks and 44 quarterback hits. So really the peak of Ioannidis with Washington was 2017 through 2019. Again, over those three regular seasons, 20 and a half sacks, 44 quarterback hits, and Ioannidis did all of this in limited playing time. He did play a good amount in the 2019 regular season, but his playing time was not particularly high in the 2017 and 2018 regular seasons. And yet still, Matt Ioannidis put up the pass rushing numbers that he put up. Now, Ioannidis in the 2020 regular season played in just three games due to a torn left biceps that he suffered in a loss at the Cleveland Browns in week three. But Ioannidis in the 2021 regular season played in 16 of Washington's 17 games. It has been said that Ioannidis had a down 2021 season, and I'm not here to tell you that he was dominant in the 2021 season, but Matt Ioannidis for the 2021 regular season, it was number four on Washington with 11 quarterback hits and registered an overall grade for pro football focus of 71.9. For comparison's sake, Deron Payne's overall grade for PFF for the 2021 regular season was just 64.2. You know, people constantly rave about Deron Payne, and I'm not here to tell you that Deron Payne is a bad player. I do think he's very talented, and 
I don't think that he's not a good player. But, you know, if you want to go by the objective methodology, Matt Ioannidis' grade for the 2021 regular season was significantly better than Deron Payne's grade. And how about this? Matt Ioannidis earned a pass rushing grade for Pro Football Focus of at least 70 in each of his last five regular seasons with Washington, 2017 through 2021. The truth is this, prior to Jonathan Allen busting out as he has over the last two seasons, there was a very compelling argument that Matt Ioannidis had been the best of the IPA guys, okay? The best out of himself, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. But now, Ioannidis is gone. Uh, With Landon Collins being released, we of course knew that that was coming. Uh, We learned on March 10th that the commanders would be releasing Landon. Now, the release took a while to be announced. The reason that the team didn't announce Landon being released until Wednesday is that he was released with a post-June 1st designation, and you're not allowed to release someone with a post-June 1st designation until the official start of the new league year, and the new league year did not begin until Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Designating Landon as a post-June 1 cut allows for the salary cap hit that results from cutting Landon to be spread out over the 2022 and 2023 seasons. And then there's DeShazer Everett. Uh, The commanders releasing DeShazer, of course, uh, the latest sad chapter in a very sad tale. DeShazer Everett on February 8th was charged with involuntary manslaughter in the death of Olivia Peters, who was just 29. DeShazer on December 23rd was the driver in what was a fatal one-car crash in Loudoun County. The Loudoun County Sheriff's Department's investigation has determined that DeShazer was traveling, quote, over twice the posted 45-mile-per-hour speed limit just prior to the crash, end quote. And by the way, the word with this situation is that DeShazer was doing over 100 miles per hour. Now, look, innocent until proven guilty. Uh, I'm not here to declare with certainty what happened on the night of December 23rd, but according to the Loudoun County Sheriff's Department, DeShazer Everett was doing twice the posted 45-mile-per-hour speed limit, and like I said, the word is that he was doing over 100 miles per hour, and what ended up happening was that Olivia Peters died. Uh, I don't think that anybody is surprised that the commanders released DeShazer Everett. The truth is, when you're a non-star player as DeShazer Everett is or was, uh, and you get charged with involuntary manslaughter, and it is said that you were driving over twice the posted 45-mile-per-hour speed limit just prior to the crash, uh, your NFL career is in trouble. And DeShazer's NFL career may now be over. Uh, And it's a shame. I mean, I don't like saying that. I don't like that this has happened. You know, DeShazer was one of the longest tenured members of the team. Washington first signed him on August 1st, 2015, and he had had quite a ride with Washington. Washington had waived DeShazer. Washington had practice squatted DeShazer. Washington had changed DeShazer's position. The team moved him from corner to safety prior to the 2016 season. But all along, DeShazer Everett survived. This past season was his seventh consecutive season with Washington, 2015 through 2021. Uh, DeShazer had been a very valuable special teams player. He was named Washington's Special Teams Player of the Year for the 2017 season. And DeShazer for the 2021 regular season was number two on Washington 
in special team snaps at 69.63%. Washington in March 2018 signed DeShazer to a multi-year contract extension. So very sad that his tenure with the team ends like this. But let's make something clear. Nothing is sadder than what happened to Olivia Peters. I mean, she, of course, is the biggest victim in all of this. And that's who you feel for, Olivia Peters and her family too, okay? You feel for uh, Olivia and for her family before you feel uh, for DeShays or Everett. Uh, But yeah, all of these moves by the commanders have freed up some money, and that would suggest that some moves from the commanders may well be coming. Well, it's a good thing for the Wizards that we right now have all of this stuff happening with the Commanders, and we have the rest of NFL free agency and trades, and we have the Nationals having made a bunch of moves recently, and we have the rest of MLB free agency and trades. How about the Los Angeles Dodgers reportedly striking a deal with one of the top prizes in free agency? First baseman Freddie Freeman late night on Wednesday night. Uh, We have the Capitals playing well. We have Virginia Tech getting set to play in the NCAA tournament. It's a good thing for the Wizards that we have all of these other things going on because the Wizards' regular season is ending in a terrible way. Uh, The Wizards on Wednesday night lost their fifth consecutive game. They fell to 29-39 and with a 127-109 loss to the Denver Nuggets at Capital One Arena. Uh, The Wizards now have lost eight of their last 10 games. The Wizards now are just 19-36 and since their 10-3 and start to the season, the Wizards now are a season-worst 10 games below 500. Uh, this loss on Wednesday night was yet another loss in which the Wizards got smashed. I mean, these losses lately have mostly been non-competitive losses. The Wizards on Wednesday night did not hold a lead in a game after the first quarter, and the biggest reason for this was the Wizards' defense, which was terrible again. Uh, the Wizards' defense, really bad for a fifth consecutive game. Uh, The Wizards allowed the Nuggets to score 127 points, including 104 points over the first three quarters. The Wizards allowed the Nuggets to go 15 of 37 on threes. The Wizards allowed the Nuggets to go 31 of 53 on twos. The Wizards allowed the Nuggets to finish with 30 assists versus 10 turnovers. And the Wizards got spanked by Nikola Jokic. Now, he did not score at least 44 points as we had seen at least one opposing player do in each of the Wizards' three previous games in LeBron James, Josh Hart, and Steph Curry. But Nikola Jokic did go off on Wednesday night. 2-2 on threes, 8-12 on twos, 7-7 on free throws. He finished with 29 points, 13 rebounds, 8 assists versus 3 turnovers, 2 steals, and a game-best plus-minus rating of plus 16. And he did all of this in just 26 minutes, 18 seconds, as a starter. The Wizards on Wednesday night allowed the Joker in just 26-18 of playing time to have 29 points, 13 rebounds, 8 assists versus 3 turnovers, and 2 steals. And it wasn't just Jokic who did the Wizards dirty. Here was Wizards head coach Wes Unseld Jr. during his post-game press conference on Wednesday night on the Wizards defense. Um, Yeah, we really struggled on that end. You know, and I think it's one thing to say, you know, uh, Jokic, you know, Kai of his caliber beats you. He has an impact for sure. But, uh, you know, we can't let their bench get loose like they did. You know, 50-plus points off their bench. Uh, you know, and now everybody's part of it. 
you know, I think it's you can have your hands full with those type guys. Um, you know, your MVP caliber, your starters. Um, but uh, everyone has an opportunity. It, it's a bit much. Yeah, it is a bit much. It is all a bit much right now uh, with the Wizards. Uh, their offense on Wednesday night was mixed. Wiz did go 32-52 of 52 in the paint, did score 64 points in the paint, but the Wizards also went a putrid 5-23 of 23 on threes, and the Wizards went just 22-31 on free throws. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, 26-35 as a starter. He scored just six points. He had a game worst plus minus rating of minus 22. He went 0 of 3 on threes, 3 of 7 on twos. Did have nine rebounds and seven assists versus two turnovers. Chris Stamps Porzingis 0 of 2 on threes, just 6 of 9 on free throws. Did go 5 of 8 on twos. Did finish with 16 points, seven rebounds, including four offensive boards and three blocks in just 23 11 as a starter. Uh, Denny Avdia led the Wizards with 19 points, 28 10 off the bench. 0-1 on threes, but 7-9 on twos. 5-6 on free throws. He also had seven rebounds and three assists versus no turnovers. So it was good to see Avdia do as he did. Uh, Rui Hachimura in 27-05 off the bench. 0-5 on threes, but he also went 6-10 on twos, and he finished with 12 points, seven rebounds, three assists versus no turnovers and two steals. Uh, Of course, the Wizards do remain without Bradley Beal, right, out for the rest of the regular season due to a torn ligament in his left wrist, on which he underwent surgery on February 10th. But as I have said, I mean, Beal being out does not excuse the Wizards' defense continuing to be as bad as it is. And so the Wizards be sinking as their regular season is winding down. Now, as I have said, I do not want the Wizards making the NBA playoffs this year. I have no interest in them making the play-in tournament to make the NBA playoffs. But, you know, I do want to see the Wizards play well as the season ends. And the Wizards aren't playing well right now. Uh, the Wiz now are four and a half games behind the Atlanta Hawks for 10th in the Eastern Conference. Uh, the Wizards are a half game ahead of the New York Knicks. And next up for the Wizards are the Knicks, a game at the Knicks, Friday night at 7.30. All right, some quick baseball items before we call it a show. The Nationals on Wednesday officially announced having agreed on a one-year contract with a free agent reliever, Sean Doolittle, who, of course, was a key member of the Nats bullpen in their 2019 World Series championship season. We also had bad news on Wednesday morning at Orioles spring training in Sarasota, Florida. Uh, O's manager Brandon Hyde revealed that the phenom, the wunderkind, the number one prospect in the sport catcher, Adley Rutschman, has sustained a right tricep strain, forcing him to be shut down for a few weeks. So the likelihood of Rutschman being the Orioles' opening game catcher now uh, has gone way down, but Rutschman pretty clearly will be making his Major League debut at some point in the 2022 regular season. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Friday show, episode 274, will feature in-depth reaction to the Commander's Carson Wentz introductory press conference. What did he say and how did he say it? And if Ron Rivera speaks at the presser, we'll have even more to get into. Uh, I'll also discuss the latest for the commanders in free agency and trades. Also on Friday's show, a special guest, 
Mike Barber, ACC insider for Richmond.com. He'll get us ready for Virginia Tech's run in the NCAA tournament. Number 11 seeded Virginia Tech will face number six seeded Texas in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Friday afternoon around 4.30 in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, we'll also talk Virginia basketball and Virginia Tech and Virginia football. And on Friday's show, we'll talk Capitals. So the Caps will be at the Columbus Blue Jackets Thursday night at 7 as the Caps will be trying to further pad their cushion on the Blue Jackets for the second wildcard spot in the Eastern Conference. By the way, we had Caps news on Wednesday. The Caps announced that they have re-signed forward and Herndon, Virginia native Joe Snively to a two-year $1.6 million contract. He's currently out due to a left wrist injury, but uh, Snively gets a nice deal. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and I'll talk to you on Friday. What we've got here is failure to communicate. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.